What's your beef? I don't got beef. You always ask me what's my beef. Yeah, you know, everybody has a problem. Everybody has something to complain about. Yeah, I got 99 of them. You see what I'm saying? Times a million. <laughs> 99 million problems. Oh, Lord. See, me, I'm cool, man. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't really have problems. I just have opportunities for solutions. Wow. Yeah, man. This, your perspective is always like you're a master at reframing things. Like that's an <laughs> art form that people really need to learn. Like, do you ever find yourself in a really crappy situation and then reframe it and then you're just like so happy afterwards? Uh, <laughs> more than anything, uh, yes, I, I do get mad. However, I try not to let it last a long time. Like, obviously, like we we have emotions, we get upset, etc. Mm-hmm. However, like I, I I really try my damnedest to make sure it doesn't deter my day beautiful you know any any tips on on being an expert reframer weed (laughs) (laughs) don't do drugs welcome to mama's basement podcast for outcasts you know i've talked a lot about why i want to do this show why did you want to do this show oh god back to like (laughs) when we first sat down we're like let's make a podcast right uh for me it really just It goes back to what we talked about even before we started this. We just wanted an opportunity to express ourselves, to delve a little bit deeper into our psyche and to understand what we've been through, how we've overcome it and the things we we are we still are battling. And so we just wanted to be able to put that on screen just for other people who might be struggling with the same things. And so this this gave us that opportunity and I'm so happy we're still here to do it. Yes, this is our fifth episode and takeaways from this journey so far. Um, I think, I think my main takeaway is still the same as what I told you before. Not that I'm necessarily trying to remove those influences, but just highlighting those influences, what impact they had on me, um, if it was good or bad. And if it was bad, the steps I need to take to remove those influences. For sure. And I, I, for me, I think what I got so far from having all these conversations is, you know, the fact that if we don't stop and think and reflect on how we're being influenced, we may end up being influenced in ways that we don't want to be. Right. And also I think by having these conversations and looking at the things like school, looking at things like, you know, we looked at our parents, I think it got some of our peers to even reflect on the way they've influenced or been influenced. Like our teacher, we had a conversation with our teacher right? and now she's talking to me about how they're going to change the cultural awareness club. Uh, thanks to some of the conversations we had. So I think it's really cool that when you start to take things apart, if you're able to share that with others, I don't know, you might make a little difference in your community. Absolutely. And again, that's, that's the biggest thing about the show. Um, we didn't anticipate that it would have this impact, but we definitely wanted it to have that impact. And the fact that it has is Mm -hmm. just amazing. Our second episode was about happiness and (laughs) well, not necessarily, not happiness exclusively mental health in general. And like uh, talking about our feelings, you know, it's crazy because being a human being, we try to, we try to calculate things. We try to plan things, but then our feelings get in the way. Right. And our feelings start to take us in different directions than we expected what do you think are some of the most important feelings that we encounter? Honestly, I you could do the positive ones. I'll stick to some of the more negative ones just, just for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say pride. Oftentimes, we're too proud to admit when we're wrong. Um, we're too proud to admit when we, when we found something that may work. But because we've allowed whatever we were doing before to become a value or belief mm-hmm. within our true like fibers. And um, on pride, pride is actually the real original sin. 
A lot of people like to point at Adam and Eve for eating the apple, but what do you think got <laughs> Satan to fall from heaven? It was his pride. He was too cocky right, to listen right, to God. Right. So I, I would say pride for sure. I would just say the inflation of one's ego. And again, that the, the two are kind of like, for me, those are the two things I try to really focus on. And mm-hmm. like I said, I like to place things in proper perspective and I like to learn. Right. So for me, like those are the negative feelings that I think as a society, we need to try to get rid of and have that open-mindedness to learning and being able to take information in and process it. I like that you separated ego from pride because a lot of people assume their ego is inherently negative, but that's not true. Your ego is just a part of yourself. And in fact, I feel like a big ego can also be a cause for loathing yourself. Because if you if you give too much import to yourself and your ego and you start to hyper analyze and hyper criticize yourself, expecting yourself to be perfect all the time. Right. That's also a sign of a big ego. Right. A lot of people think, Oh, I have a small ego. I hate myself, but maybe you, you think you're too important. Right. No, you know? that's, that's definitely possible. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but go ahead. Let's hear your two positive, two ones. positive emotions. Yes. Well, I wanted to mention anger. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. No, because you can't. Absolutely. Anger, yes. I think is like, you know, I've, we've seen a lot of it lately and, it's one of those things where uh, we have to control it, but we also have to harness it because anger can be a righteous emotion yes. too. So I guess- maybe, I'm glad you said that. Maybe anger can be positive. Maybe we'll keep that in the positive category. Well, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, when we were growing up, we heard it all the time. There's ways to channel your emotions into a, a productive way. Mm-hmm. And and that's with any emotion. So technically we could sit here and say, yeah, most emotions, depending on the individual, you know what I mean? Like it could be good or bad. Um, obviously anger is something that is seen as just- awful because it's like the impetus to those acting out on those Mm -hmm. urges etc but yeah anger can be the drive that that makes you want to improve yourself Mm -hmm. there's there's many ways anger can be transformed into something that Mm -hmm. is almost motivational you know so it, it all depends you know, I feel like we just fell into a trap with our premise, negative and positive emotions. <laughs> you know, I remember one thing you really drilled in my mind early on is like, we shouldn't judge our influences. We should just try to understand them. Right. So is there even, is it, are our feelings even negative or positive? Or are they just feelings? And do we, do we ascribe them negative and positivity right. based on how we deal with those emotions? Right. I, I can see where you're going with that. Basically, I would I would say, I guess it depends on what you associate that emotion with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, depending on what you've been through, obviously, you're going to associate certain emotions with whatever you've been through. But like I said, other people are able to take those moments, those mm-hmm. angers and turn it into something that stirs this fortitude within them right. that tells them, I will never let this happen again. I don't ever want to feel this anger or sadness right. ever again. And then they use that, that fuel. Yeah. So. Like yeah. you and I, we, we felt anger about how we were treated in school, how we were stigmatized for being people of color right. and, you know, a little bit out of the ordinary. Right. I feel like I dealt with that anger, righteous anger, unjustly by lashing out, causing trouble in school, pulling pranks. Right. I had a wallet that could spark on fire. <laughs> So I, I brought that to school thinking I'm going to go and when I try to pay for my lunch, I'm going to have my wallet burst into flames, <laughs> just a big F you to the system. But I got caught practicing my my trick in the hallway. Oh and suspended. my God, dude. So yeah. Yeah. The second emotion is love. Of course. For me. Of yeah. course. For all of us, I think, you know. Absolutely. Well, we're in love, aren't we? <laughs> not, not, we I, mean, I mean, I love you. Yes. Yes. I, I don't know if I would say in love. <laughs> 
I didn't mean we are in love like yes. us two together. I mean like both of us are in relationships, yes. right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Tell now me. you and I, yes, we have yes. love for one another. Yes. There we I go. could yes. I can say I love you, brother. Yes. I, I love you, Mark. I could say the same. My love for you is great. Wait, why can't you say I love you though? <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> See, okay, love is is there, it's powerful, but sometimes when you bring it up in in settings that in casual yes. settings, it can like, huh, love. You know, I feel like we got to get more used to saying that, don't we? Uh, yes, but at the same time, we can't, you know, dilute it. Yeah, we can't just toss it around. For Absolutely, sure, for sure. You've been with your girl for how long? Uh, like four and a half years. Tell me about about you and her. Uh, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Relationships are difficult. Yes. I guess just a quick synopsis. The first two years were much more difficult than the last two and a mm -hmm. half. The first two years, obviously, you're, you're getting to know that individual. There's things you're learning about them. Obviously, there's, there's certain aspects of your behavior that you're bringing from past relationships or past, I guess, we'll call it singlehood for now, mm. you know, singlehood mm. for now. Okay. Um, so you bring those things. Obviously, when you're a single person, you do what you want when you want. You don't got to answer to nobody, et cetera. But when you get into a relationship, not everybody, but some, they want to know where you are. They want to know these things. And for me, that was really difficult because mm. I felt like you're, you're not my mom. Like, I shouldn't have to let you know where I'm at, check in with you, this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. But, a free bird. Exactly. But we got past that. And I understand that, you know, for her, it's it's just a matter of respect and trust, you know, just letting her know that I'm safe, that I'm that I'm where I told her I would be. And, uh, you know, she does the same for me. The latter two and a half years, we just we've reached a level where we just have a better understanding of each other. And I, I couldn't be happier with where our relationship is now. She makes me extremely happy. And I know I do the same for her. Four and a half years ago. So you guys met in like 2016? Basically, we met 2015 okay. at Bosey's. Um, we didn't really talk. I would, I would just admire her from afar. So I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm playing. That's how it starts sometimes. Nah, seriously yeah. though. And um, honestly, like I said, we did not talk. However, the first time I seen her, uh, I was, I was just walking um, up the bus loop with Los, and then I seen her from behind. And I seen her hair. That was the first thing I noticed. Her hair was extremely long and just silky black and it was shining in the sun. And I was like, I was like, damn. And I was like, man, she looked good in that dress and her hair. My God. I was just like, damn, bro. And uh, I would see her around all the time. And every time I would see her, I'd be like, damn, she's gorgeous. And then I don't know. I just never talked to her, though. Like, mm -hmm. I, I guess I was just nervous. And then eventually in January of 2016, was when I hit her up. She was just pretty much like, oh, yeah, you were at Bosey's. I bet you don't even remember me. And oh, then, right. Oh, and, that means she was thinking of you too. <laughs> right. And so I, I I hit her back and I was like, of course I remember you. Now, I guess this is somewhat creepy. I ain't go front, but I had told her, I was like, I was like, you were wearing this. this, and this. <laughs> right. I was like, I was like, Listen, it wasn't no sexual outfit or anything like that, but mm -hmm. she was wearing this fire ass Blue Jays jersey. Ooh. Yeah, it was a raw ass Toronto Blue Jays jersey. Did she like roll up the sleeves? Nah, nah, nah. Like she that. left just, it down, had the wife beat her on okay, underneath, okay. like, and she was wearing some fire ass Jays. She mm -hmm. was wearing some Jordans, and I remember that, and I was like, ooh, I was like, yo, that outfit is hard. And so I told her that I was like, I remember this one outfit you were wearing. You looked amazing, like it was cool. And interesting about that outfit, it doesn't just speak to her fashion sense; also speaks to her like 
Yes. She knows sports. She got the Jordans That's on. That's what I'm saying. So you know, I was like, I was like, man, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And so when I told her that, she was just blown away. She was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. So we started talking. She told me about her music stuff, all this other things. And we talked for about a month. And that's what led to our, our first date where we ended up going to Golden Corral in Rochester. Beautiful. So it was cool. It was cool, man. Four and a half years later, still together and keep on chugging. Was it love at first sight? I don't necessarily believe in love at first sight. The way you described it, though, seems a lot like what love at first sight would feel like. You you saw her, you saw her hair, right. glow, the jersey. Sounds like love at first sight. <laughs> Maybe. For some people, they might see it as that. But for me, like love is a, is a much deeper thing, more so than like a superficial or physical appearance, per se. So then what happens at first sight if it's not love? Strong lust and attraction. That, at least my perspective. That's mm-hmm. what I think, at least. I think that, you know, when we see somebody, there, there's just this attraction that you have. You might be physically attracted to them or or maybe like you heard them speak before and you like what they said. Maybe you haven't been around them a lot, but there's this attraction that comes up. And then because you don't really know them like that, you can't really say it's love because, again, th- there's just no intimacy there. There's just you looking at them and you having that lust or that physical attraction to them. It's interesting you say that because I feel like we're we're taught this idea of love at first sight. Like, do you feel like we're taught to conflate lust with love, whether intentionally or unintentionally? Oh, absolutely. Especially, especially early on, especially like, because if you, if you look at like movies, shows, even like middle, high school, et cetera, like it's, it's rare that they talk about having that deep connection with somebody, especially in middle or high school. Most people say, yeah, this is not the time. You have to wait till you get older. You know what I mean? So it's not even a discussion as to whether or not you can find love mm-hmm. at that early of an, of an age. It's, it's more of just experimentation. You just kind of go with the flow. If that person likes you, you like them and mm-hmm. you kind of see where it goes. I agree with you because I've been in a relationship for over eight years. And well, well, let's let's go back to the beginning. Eight years. Eight. Eight years. Thamania. Oh my goodness, that's Weep. so long. So Ocho. so let's let's start with yours because you know I know the past, I know the history, but you gotta you gotta educate everybody else about the history. How did that start? We found love in a hopeless <laughs> place. We found love in a hopeless place. <laughs> Yeah, we did. We did, actually. Absolutely. It was, uh, you know, I'm sometimes shy away from telling, uh, you know, our love story because I feel like the circumstances maybe were not ideal. It wasn't like the picture perfect. Like I didn't see her at a bus stop with her hair glowing in the breeze and (laughs) and nice jersey and Jordan. (laughs) I I I didn't have that like kind of like spark experience. Right. Long story short. Uh, I met this girl in Chicago when me and my boy went with this class and I was just thirstier than a freaking dog in the desert that, that weekend. It's true. Um, it's true. <laughs> I was looking for love though. I, yeah, I wasn't, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was uh, like one of those things where you were just, I guess, what do they call sowing your wild oats? No, you weren't I, doing that. I'm not that kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, I was no. always the kind of guy because I grew up Muslim. I believe like you can't like you can't have sex before marriage and like you need to take people's hearts seriously. Right. So I never I never went out to try and like bag a bunch of women. I was looking and, and I met this girl. In fact, I should have seen this as a sign because the first time I hollered at her, she said, don't talk to me. <laughs> 
It's true. And then she walked away. I'm like, okay, challenge accepted. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. True. Real quick. What made you continue? That's uh, if somebody said that to me, I would have just been like, well, damn, it's over. Well, I let it go. Okay. But so there's prom and then there was after prom. I didn't go to prom. Good Muslim boy. But I went to <laughs> after prom where we were bowling and it was like midnight. Oh yeah. She was there with her date. Ooh. But she started bowling with me. You a homewrecker. No, <laughs> listen, listen, I came through. I was just looking for, for, for a game. I was trying to knock down a few pins. I wasn't like, I didn't go like, Hey, Real or in, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. it just so happened that I was there at the empty lane and she walked up to me and we started bowling and then we started texting about like a month into us texting. We haven't even gone on a date yet. She tells me she loves me. She says, I love you. Jeez. And I'm like, yo, you said it you. back. I did. I did because I thought we had that intellectual, emotional connection and I was very attracted to her. That's that lust element. We arranged a date. It was supposed to be just her and I, but it was her, I, and Kelly. Mm-hmm. Her and I, we'll call her number one because I met her first, right, I yeah. guess, but she's not number one okay, in my heart. Kelly's okay. number one. So let's call her zero, actually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so zero uh, was really kind of like not cool. Yeah. Like zero said I looked scary when I got there, but Jeez. Kelly said I looked like a teddy bear. Aww. I know. And then we were watching videos. I was showing I was showing them some of my favorite YouTube videos. And Zero kept saying how weird my videos are. Ooh. I know. It's like, you ever show someone something, you're like, this is the coolest thing ever. And they're like, no. Yo, that hurts, man. It's the same thing with music. You show somebody a song, man, I love this song. They're like, eh, it's okay. You're like, oh. <laughs> like stab me in the damn. heart. <laughs> Rip it out. <laughs> yeah. But Kelly was loving it. And Kelly, by the end of the like my YouTube video spree, she was in tears. Wow. Yeah. So I just let it go. I was like, dang, I really felt something with Kelly, but you know, I'm talking to zero and I'm not going to be the kind of guy that's just going to go. So I kept trying to, to make another date with zero happen. Right. And zero kept dodging me. Mm. What I soon came to find out is that zero was actually talking to other guys. I don't know what it was, but right. she was playing me and I just couldn't forget how kind Kelly was to me. I couldn't forget how nice. I couldn't forget how she smiled and laughed at all the things that I would smile and laugh at. I showed her something called the Fractaplots. Okay, <laughs> this is obscure. Never heard of it. Internet stuff. It's 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 a movie with sock puppets, and she was digging it. I'm like, come on, we're like, we got the same. Yeah, simpatico. There you yeah. go. Yeah, that that's great. The question that I did want to ask you is, when you found that out, how much do you think it hurt you relatively? And how long do you think it took you to overcome that? And was knowing that that Kelly was there, you know, in the back of your mind, did that help soften that blow or anything like that? Great series of questions. On the, off the bat, I can tell you one thing for sure. It, it definitely cut deep. It was like, oh, man, I, I really got taken advantage of. Um, and then to, like, start talking to Kelly again afterwards, I I want to say I took, like, at least a month to like grieve before I actually reached out to Kelly. Okay. And I reached out not thinking that Kelly is going to be the one, Right. you know, I just, I talked, I wanted to get to know Kelly better. And I asked her if she would ice skate with me and I didn't know how to skate. So I kept falling and she kept picking me right back up. Absolutely. Metaphor. <laughs> um, and, but then after ice skating, we just, we didn't want to end it. We ended up going to the mall. We ended up getting frozen yogurt. And then we ended up going 
back to her house watching a movie and eating pizza. Wow. So it went from what was supposed to be like a one hour, two hour thing to, to like, a half day. Yeah. Damn. That's yeah. what's up. And then that's how I kind of knew that like, okay, there's something here. So that's how I found my, my relationship. But, you know, looking back at me and Kelly, I often wonder why did I end up with her, you know, and why, why was I so desperate to find love at such a young age? Like I literally thought in high school that the girls that I was talking to casually were going to be my wife. Right. In fact, every time I had a crush on a girl, I would pray to Allah. I'd be like, oh, please, yeah, Allah, please let her convert to Islam and become my wife. <laughs> I was 14 talking to other 14 year old girls thinking that like, this is my destiny. Right. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Only because there's different perspectives across the board. Obviously, there's some individuals who, like I stated way in the beginning, they they view middle and high school as just kind of like that. Like I said, ex- experimenting, mm-hmm. like almost practice for the real thing once they get oh, into damn. like the real world, adulthood, etc. Some people do. Um, other individuals, they are able to find love their high school sweetheart um you know we we have a few in our class you know what i'm saying we have a few people who got married met their loved one in high school and they're living happily now so i for me like i I don't see anything wrong with that mentality however i can see how that mentality especially in middle and high school and basically when we went to school and in today's society i can see how that mentality can definitely lead you down a path that can lead to a lot of heartbreak. Right. I think it put me under a lot of pressure. Right. Like if you weren't in a relationship in high school, you were sometimes seen as less than, or if you weren't at least hooking up, yes. if you didn't have like a few yes. notches on your belt. Right. People were like, Oh, this dweeb. And like, where did that come from? Like, what is, what is the earliest, what is your earliest memories of love of this concept? As in like the romantic love, like, you know, having like an intimate partner, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Well, because I didn't necessarily grow up with two parents in the household, for me, it was like, you know, watching TV shows, seeing movies, et cetera. Like, obviously, you watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you got Uncle Phil, you got Aunt Vivian. I would name another show, but unfortunately, that guy is in prison. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) But... T- to be honest, that that show whose name I won't name, it was it was vital, especially within the African-American community. Um, it, it portrayed a family in a way that it had never been portrayed before. Um, so so just seeing things like that, that that would be my first idea. However, in terms of reality, like actual love, man, probably not till I got much, much older, like much, much older. Because even in middle and high school, like I told you before, like I never, even if I tried or thought like, you know what, I I think I love this person or I think this person loves me. It usually wasn't that way. Like, I I don't think I I don't even think I talk to those individuals today. Again, like it's just hard for me to explain only because like in middle and high school, I just didn't have those thoughts. And that's not to say that I would trifle with anybody's feelings because I wouldn't. Like if I didn't feel some type of way about somebody, if I didn't like somebody, I wouldn't be with them, Mm -hmm. you know? But at the same time, I understood that if this doesn't work out, it's not the end. You know what I mean? It's not the end all be all. Like I understand. And that that's kind of where my mindset was and it, and it still kind of is except i was able to find love like I, I i wholeheartedly believe my girlfriend now loves me to death like i i know this like i feel it i know it it's 
I can't even explain it. I just know it. Okay. And I and I feel that towards her. Like I would never want anything to happen to her. I know I want to provide for her. I know I I know I want to make her comfortable and feel secure. And so I feel like in middle and high school, I didn't really have that because A, I'm trying to figure myself out. Mm-hmm. And B, how am I going to provide for you? How am I going to make right. you feel secure in middle and high school? Like, let, let's be real about that. You know what I mean? Like, so there's just a multitude of three things. Three Arizonas a week. That's about it. <laughs> you know, I could buy your school lunch. Like, like, like what, what am I going to do? So, I, you know, that that's where my mind was. What about you? I, I, I want to get into what distinguishes, like, how do you know that there's love between you and, and Mira versus like your earlier relationships, right? Like what, what's the difference between being in love with someone or versus being in a relationship with someone for even two years and, and it not being love. Right. Think about that for a minute because I, uh, I think that's really important to understand because a lot of people rush into relationships thinking it's love and then I don't know, ends up spiraling downhill from there. Right. Right. And I, cause they happened to me. I was fortunate to grow up with both of my parents, but I don't, I don't think they were like in love with each other. Like when I think of like a loving couple, my parents are, are on the bottom of the list. They ended up getting divorced uh, inevitably. And it was actually a relief. You know, I think it was maybe even it was an act of love that they needed to separate from each other so that they each can have their lives. But growing up, I didn't see him hug. I didn't see him kiss. Um, I do know that they showed me love. I, my mom's, always tells me, Akram, you were always stuck to here. And I was like, I guess I was like very attached to my parents. In fact, I do vividly remember I would crawl up like between them every night up until I was like four or five years old and like snuggle up and sleep with them in bed. Maybe I cock black them. Maybe I sapped <laughs> the romance from their life, but I don't, I don't think Good I got God. romantic love from them. I think like right, you, right. I got it from pop culture. And the first time I actually heard the words like, I love you. Uh, not from my family was Barney. Ooh, that was my track. I love you. Come on, say it with me. You love me. <laughs> We're a happy family. And then how's it go? With a great big, big hug and a kiss, kiss from me to you. <laughs> Won't you say you love me too? Yeah, that was love for me growing yeah, up. Yeah, no, that was great. Love, family, hug, kiss. I feel like it covers so much in that song from... The, the you know the family connection to like the actual physical intimacy right that like why is love and physicality always associated with each other that's a great question i i don't know i guess we would have to look back and see like where it began you know what i mean like who was the first to say i love you then bend down and Put the kiss on the cheek, you know what I mean? Like Even who, kissing is weird. Know? Like what is like why is putting your lips on someone like well an I, act of love? I'll just say this. I, I don't know per se, but I guess it has to do with like the nerve endings in our uh, lips. You know what I mean? Um there's but, a lot of them. Yeah, like, it's so like I, the it's, it's a whole and it does, it makes you tingle. Right, like, you it know what I mean? creates so, a physical sensation. Right. I mean, again, I, I don't know. I'm just speaking to that. That that that's my Hug, embrace, kiss. And I know someone like actually, you know, with COVID and everything, um, a friend of mine posted the status like, I need to hug someone. Wow. I haven't felt, I haven't embraced my people in so long. And there's this concept of a love tank 
Uh, have you ever heard of this? I don't think so. We all have a love tank, basically. It's like a gas tank. Right. You know, if it's on E, you can't give people love. But if your love tank is being filled, you can go out and you can spread love into right. the world. So I feel like hugging and kissing, that's like a like an act that fills up your love tank a little bit. Like when you hug your mama or when you hug your girl or when you, even when you, when we hug each other, like I haven't slapped him up in so long. Yeah, that's true. I feel like I hate him now. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what, what is my hand supposed to do? <laughs> and the crazy thing is he always reaches out and I'm the one to deny. Like, uh, so, no, so but, that's, <laughs> but even that's love. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes like doing the thing that's like, sometimes doing something that will make the other person upset can be an act of love because you know that not slapping me up while it may feel, let me down now. Right. It's good that we didn't exchange each germs with each other exactly. in the midst of a pandemic. That's how much I love you, bro. Wow. That's deep. <laughs> but, um, Basically, what let's bring it back to early influences of love. Okay, pop culture, and it was always yeah, it was always conflated with lust. It was yes. like you know, like Jack and Rose, like you know they see each other, and within the span of a few days, they're already stripping for each other. They're already willing to jump off a sinking ship for each other. You know, it's very much like lust, love. Romeo and Juliet, right. star-crossed lovers that right. meet at a party and end up suiciding. It's like we're inadvertently taught that love is blinding and consuming. We're also taught that it's it's worth dying for. It's worth it's worth your whole life. Right. Do you agree with that? I think in certain aspects, sometimes, yes. I, I think it is worth dying for. I, mm-hmm. I really do. Um other times, you know, because like like we talk about like you could be led astray. You know, sometimes people can use that love and take advantage of you. And unfortunately sometimes people will face death because of that. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, it's just hard. Well, actually here, you go first, go ahead. Cause I, I have, I feel like for myself, like it's so much. And, and the fact that like people are willing to die for love and the fact that we only view it in one way, I think is harmful. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important that we begin to illuminate all the other kinds of love that exist. Because I, I do believe that that love is something that that you know we should die for. Mm-hmm. However, it, it shouldn't just be that romantic love that we're willing yeah. to die for. I agree. I agree. I mean, the thing is, though, we have been conditioned to believe. I think that love only exists. Not only, but love is most prominent in romantic spaces. Right. And it makes sense in the terms of like, you know, if you're going to start a family with someone, the bond needs to be super strong. However, from my experience with my relationship, love isn't always like the sweet attraction. Think about it this way. How many fights have you gotten in with people that you like? You just like them. None. What about people you love? A lot. Isn't that crazy? Like the people we love are the ones we often end up butting heads with, the ones we end up like, I don't want to see you. Or, you know, even like among family, you know, just just yelling sometimes, screaming at each other. But we say we love them, yet we inflict so much harm upon them. And I think, I wouldn't even say it's harm. I think that love, the nearer someone is to your heart, the more likely you are to have friction with that person. And I think that's where a lot of relationships start to crumble as people can't handle that friction. Right. 
I like where you're going with that. For for me, I look at it just from a different perspective in the sense that I feel like the closer individuals are to somebody's heart, they they feel like they have more leeway. You know what I mean? So like, say like you and I, we're friends. There's certain things you and I will say to each other, jokes, et cetera, all of those things that we might not do with other individuals. It's kind of like this thing where me and my girlfriend, like if she gets mad at me, she going to tell me exactly how she feels. She going to say how she feels. She going to cuss, whatever, all that, because she knows it's me. She knows I love her and she knows that I accept mm-hmm. her flaws and all. You know what I'm saying? So some people see love as almost like that blanket umbrella to do as they may, because they know that person loves them. And no matter what, they're going to forgive me. You know what I mean? And I feel like people do have that mentality as it pertains to love. They feel like love can cover up anything no matter what wrong you do no matter what you know what i'm saying so it's kind of like that and as it pertains to like strangers we kind of have almost like that society civility approach where it's like well i can't be myself because they don't know me that well so they may not accept me whereas with somebody who loves you they've already accepted you so you feel free to let go and do those things another example burping and farting You see what I'm saying? Do you burp and fart in front of Mira? Oh my God, yes. Yeah, same here in front of Kelly. (laughs) It's funny because like I started to think about that. I'm like, huh, are we we showing a lack of respect towards one another? Or is it just because we love each other so much that I'll burp, I'll fart, I'll let out a a rip a big one in the middle of an awkward moment right and then just be like oh (laughs) it's almost like we have that idea that once we truly are loved or once you are truly are loved we are truly free there's Mm -hmm. no more hiding but the interesting thing is is like i feel like that maybe we could be deceiving ourselves because there's been times where you know i've let one loose and it was just not the right time (laughs) she was not having it right come on like i was i was relaxing i was chilling like the vibe was right all of a sudden that wasn't even a good fake oh, one, no. man. Come on. No, 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 no. Yeah, get your lips wet. <laughs> Damn it, man. <laughs> you you, you show them how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> more like that. <laughs> Hold on. Wow, we are, you know what? It's enough. over. No enough. more. No enough. more. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's been times where I farted at the wrong time. Absolutely. And there's been times where she's she's more of a burper, where she's burped at the wrong time. And then we have these conversations like, you know, we wouldn't do this around other people. Should we be more respectful in front of one another? Right, right. I can I can get with that. Like, I understand that. I understand that sentiment when people say that. But at the same time, like I said, people really do have that mindset of, this person loves me. I'm free to be me. Now, granted, there's moments where you should probably tone it down. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, we feel as though, you know what? I can be my unique self 100% because this person has has showed me they love me they and I love them so let's be as real as we possibly can but I do think that leads to what we were talking about that that friction in a relationship because if you think about it before that love part or before that moment where you start to act completely like yourself we do tend to tend to project the best aspects of ourselves to the highest degree, especially early on in the relationship. You see what I'm saying? So like, that's what leads to a lot of friction. It's because like when we're projecting the absolute best version of ourselves in the beginning of the relationship, when that dissipates, when that lowers a certain level, both individuals within the relationship are going to be like, well, you're not putting forth the effort you once did. You know what I'm saying? You're not acting how you did three months ago, you know? And and, And I get that. But 
that's just kind of how relationships go for some reason. You kind of project your yourself to your highest ideals in the beginning because obviously you want to charm that person. You want them to like you. Mm-hmm. You want the relationship to be successful. But then as the relationship goes on, you start to experience real relationship problems that are going to illuminate who you really are. The aspects that you might not be comfortable with, the aspects that you were trying to hide in the relationship, they're going to come to the forefront at some point. So it's about how willing are you to to put forth who you are in the beginning? Ooh. Because if, if you're not able to do that, well, then it's going to come to the forefront at some point in the middle. And I promise you that individual is going to say you changed or they're going to say you're acting different or they're going to say all these things. And you're going to be like, well, I don't think I am. I'm being myself. There's so much to unpack here. So much to unpack here because, you know, growing up, it seemed that love is like a game, you know? And in fact, we literally called it the game. Like yep. you're playing the game. Yep. You have to play the game. Don't text back right away. <laughs> wait, three wait, day rule, all yeah. types of stuff. Wait, wait 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. If she's, you know, if, if things are, are going sour, you got to do no contact. Yep. Make them miss you. Yep. No double texting. No, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? Bring them flowers, yep. but only on the second date, not on the first <laughs> date. That's weird. You know, all these rules. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And it's, and it very much is a game. And then like, but then when you actually get into a relationship, you can't keep that game up. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah. And then the real you starts to come out. And I think that's where a lot of relationships crumble. But I think the reason why I was able to have so much success with Kelly is I somewhat, yes, I did play the game a little bit at first because you got to have a line. Yeah. I feel like, <laughs> you know, you got to have a entry. I'll, I don't point. know about a line per se, but yes, I, I like that you said an entry. There has to be some point of entry for you. I had a line. Yeah. I, I would love to hear it. I'm ready. It was, are you Irish? <laughs> I'm dead ass. Her last name's McCormick. Oh, sorry. Uh, I just violated your privacy. It's all, it's all oh out there on Facebook. Oh my God. Yo, that is funny. Yeah. Oh, I, was just like, I just texted her like, are you Irish? And she's like, well, I have an Irish heritage. Why? I was like, oh, sick. You should listen to this song. And I sent her a song. It's called Irish Celebration by Macklemore. And why do I keep it? You got me dying. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, where was I going with that? Yeah. We're deceived to thinking that love is a game. And I think yep. that's where a lot of issues happen. Because aside from like that that line and aside from like kind of just respecting the rules of contact, not yeah. being on her too much, right. you know. I really, for the first time when I was trying to be with Kelly was myself. And the one thing that I did differently is I stopped asking people for so much advice and I just did me. I did me. And and now that's my go-to when people are like, hey, this girl's texting me. What should I say? Say what you want to say. Because if you end up saying the wrong thing and you drive them away, well, that was bound to happen because mm-hmm. clearly something about you is incompatible with something about them. But if you're just yourself, you're going to end up attracting someone who is compatible with your yes. true self. Yes. You know? Yes. So I stopped playing the game. I started being myself. I took her to ice skating and I don't know how to skate. So I busted my ass 42 times. I was not smooth. And it worked. Absolutely. I love that. I love that so much. And like we talked about that, that's the biggest point. Just be you. You know what I mean? That That's all you can really do. And I know this sounds almost like a... <laughs> like a Hallmark card. There's somebody out there for you. But but truthfully there is. And as long as you yourself and 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 again, I know we're 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 speaking somewhat about romantic love at this moment, but even if it's not romantic love, I promise you there are people out there 
for you, mm-hmm. whether it's friends, whether it's a social group, whatever it may be, you could find love in those areas. And if at the moment you can't find love in those areas, then trust me, you need to find a love within yourself. Mm-hmm. Appreciate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that will go a long way to, to helping you not wow. only be better with yourself, but find love in the long run. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I think the less we love ourselves, the more we feel a need to perform for others. And the more we perform for others, the less likely we are to find someone who's compatible with our true self. Man, I love that so much. You helped me get there because I'm <laughs> thinking like the way I was with Kelly was not like I was with any other girl. Like the girls I would try to talk to in middle school and in high school, I was always trying to be yep. someone else. I was always trying to be hot, be cool, be deep, be this, be that. And I was never just being me. And yes, a lot of that goes down to kind of like the whole reason why we made this show is because right. we grew up with identity crises. We grew up thinking that who we are isn't good enough. Right. But it really took finding the real me, you know, telling her about my faith, for instance. Like I didn't try to hide that. Telling her honestly, instead of making excuses like, uh, my mom has people over, we can't hang out at my house. I would tell her like, hey, you know, listen, my parents don't allow dating. So we're going to have to like find different ways to spend time with each other rather than just constantly hiding myself. But it's not easy to get there because I think we think that love is supposed to be so sweet. (laughs) It's supposed to be just like fanciful and exciting all the time. But it's not. Love is like, love is hard. Oh my God, yes. It's If you think finding out about yourself is hard, just try finding out about somebody else. You know, like it, it's extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Extremely. And there's always surprises yes. too. Yes. Even eight years in, I'm, I'm learning new things about her and she's learning new things about me. And Without question. And they're not always like the things that like we expect. You know, we talk about falling in love with the ideal self of a person. Yes. I think- Yes, I was more myself with Kelly, but I'm sure I also did perform a little bit more. I'm sure I went out of my way a little bit more than maybe I do now. So now we have to learn to be comfortable with like the the differences. You know, sometimes I work too much. I work day and night. And for a lot of women, I think that could be too much. And even for Kelly, I think that could be too much. And I have to learn to respect that. But also she has to learn to understand that, you know, my lifestyle as a freelance filmmaker is not going to be the nine to five that she's used to seeing from her parents, you know, where they could spend every night together. I'm sure she went into this relationship expecting me to be there every single night for dinner, the way her, her mom and dad are. Right. Um, So we adjust. And I think real love is also learning to let go of the expectations that you have and just embracing. They say, if you love a flower, don't pick it up. Right. Because then it'll die. Right. You know? And the the thing that I get from, from you, and I'm kind of just going to make an overarching like statement or phrase or things like that based on what you just said. The thing that people seem to not realize is that a relationship takes an incredible amount of compromise. Now, the compromise that I'm speaking of, when I heard this, it blew my mind. And maybe other people have heard this before, too. But all a compromise is, is a common promise between two or more individuals, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So when you're in a relationship, that compromise needs to be that understanding between the two of you that you make a common promise to each other. And when you make that promise, obviously you can't break it because when you break it, then that trust that all these things go by the wayside. 
But that common promise, not only is it going to bring y'all closer together, it's just going to make your love that much stronger because you you understood what was happening. You adjusted and then you made that compromise together. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I like about y'all relationship so much. There's been so much adversity, things you guys had to go through from long distance to et cetera. You know what I mean? So the it's fact true. that you guys were able to compromise, figure things out, adjust, have mm-hmm. the understanding, the patience, the tolerance, all these things. A lot of people might not even use all those words to describe love, but that's what love really is. It takes all of those things. And really not trying to possess each other. Exactly. Oh my God. Yes. I think love, it has this quality where it does want to possess. Like we want to be near the things we love. Obviously we want to, we want to hold the things we love. We want them near us. We want them near us on our own terms. Yes. But, but the difference between this superficial love, the TV love, the lust and like real, real love is real, real love does not possess. Real love lets go and marvels in the flourishing of another human. I love like it. how hard was it for Kelly and I to stay apart for two years while I, while I was getting my degree and she was getting hers? A lot of relationships fall apart at a long distance and it makes sense. Absolutely. You're not close to each other. You're not seeing each other like... We went months sometimes without seeing each other. And literally when I came back home two years later, I almost felt like, and I'm sure she felt the same way that we're two different people now. And we had to relearn each other's new personalities. Right. But the love, the foundation of love is what got me through that. Like, which got me to like, okay, Kelly now, she likes to go on her, long walks by herself. And she'll literally tell me like, I don't want you to come with me. Right. Like, Wait, what? Three years ago, you would, we, we, we would go everywhere together. <laughs> and like, she wants to do her own thing now. Yep. And I had to adjust. I think it's part of male nature too, to be like, you know, toxic masculinity. I have to face that. Like where we kind of like, you know, expect our girls to be there for us when we need them. It's, it's not a good quality, right? but learning to let that go. That was love. Not, hey, honey, I want you. Can you come be with me? Yeah. That's not love. No, absolutely not. And I, I'm so happy you brought that up. Like, I, I honestly have nothing to add to that. That's so beautiful. And you're so right. Oftentimes people think like loving somebody is having control of that individual, being possessive or all these other things. But that's not the case. And again, I feel like me speaking on it right now is just ruining the beautifulness of what you just said no, man. it was not. it was so top great man. you're like the, the cherry on top of my <laughs> ice cream sundae right now just just keep speaking brother <laughs> oh my gosh but i again I, I i do agree with you and again we don't want to paint with a broad brush ever but it is something that does happen a lot of times people feel like well no you know i love you so you should be with me you know you should be by my side like you know what i'm saying like, i have a great example of this i have an auntie and uncle in the community they are like the pinnacle relationship. Uh, they're Farhan's parents. And because they've been together for a very long time, they raise three doctors who are all six foot four and above. Like, they, they are <laughs> the height. <laughs> yes. They are like the ideal. Like, and they're still together. Every single day I see them together watching, you know, um, TV together, eating together. They're like, all. they're like, it's, it seemed to me that they were inseparable. Right. Ideal relationship. Now, Kelly and I, Sometimes we go on a walk in a park and there's this issue because she walks pretty fast mm. and I'm a slow walker. So sometimes when we're walking at the park, I got to be like, Hey Kelly, Kelly. Damn. She'd be that far. Sometimes <laughs> pretty far. And then like 
one time I remember we were on a walk and I like, I got mad at her. I'm like, why are we even going on a walk together? If you're not walking with me. Right. The next day I'm driving down the neighborhood. I see Farhan's mom, auntie. I'm like, Hey auntie. I see her out the window. Literally like 100 yards down the road. I see uncle strolling along. <laughs> the distance was vast. Yeah, I don't think I know anyone who loves each other more than that. Right. You know, so I feel like the more you love each other, the more comfortable you are being further apart from one another. Uh, so maybe, you know, me and Kelly will get there one day where I don't feel like she needs to be right by my side while we're walking. She can be on the at a whole nother park and be like, yeah. A whole nother park? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. But it's like just... Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. And um, I think that's huge. I think... Like you just illuminated, a lot of people think that love is being together all the time. No, I think love is really just understanding your partner enough to know what they need at that moment. Now, granted, that's going to take time. Mm -hmm. That takes a ridiculous amount of time. But th th that's how I try to express my love. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't express my love in a sense of trying to project how I feel onto my partner. I don't do that. What I try to do is understand who they are, um, what makes them tick, and what can I do to, to help them in this moment. If you need to be alone, be alone. If there's anything that I can do to add to this situation to make you feel better, then let me know. But for the moment, do your thing. Now, let me ask you this. On love itself, obviously you have love for your girl. Yes. You have love for your mother too. Yes. You have love for your brother. Yes. <laughs> I hope you have love for me. Yes. Are we talking about different things? Like, are, do we use love too freely? Like, should, should we be having a different word for how we feel towards each other versus how we feel towards our mom versus how we feel towards our girl? Right. I think that it is relatively the same love or at least emanates from the same place, I should mm -hmm. say. But for other individuals, sometimes you do have to kind of illuminate that and kind of throw words in front of it per se. So, you know, like romantic or familial or friendship or things like that. So what is, what do you think is like the essence of love? Like, where does it actually come from? For me, at least, I think it comes from a level of intimacy. So, so when we're born, you know, with our parents, like that intimacy is there from day one. They're raising us, changing us, feeding us, all of that. Now, some may look at that and say, well, that parent's serving you. You know what I'm saying? Love can be a form of service, et cetera. But I just look at it as th that's extremely intimate. What's more intimate than somebody washing, changing, feeding you, et cetera? You know what I mean? And so for me, like love stems from a deep level of intimacy with you and I, our intimacy ranges on a multitude of levels. We've had the experiential intimacy where we've experimented and created things together. Gotten in a car accident. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You know, yes. Made music. We've had so many experiences together that, that we can share, laugh about, get mad about, whatever it may be. We have those. Also, emotional. Right now, we're sharing emotions with one another and we feel freely enough to do so without judging each mm -hmm. other for the emotions that we have and it's the same thing with intellectual you know what i'm saying those those levels of intimacy really help build that bridge to developing that love for somebody and i feel like you can't really have that love for somebody if you don't have those levels of intimacy with that person because you don't know them you haven't experienced things with them and you don't know how they're going to react in in certain situations mm -hmm. or even worse adverse situations yeah. you just don't know so for me, that that's that's where the love for me 
originates from that just having that intimacy with somebody like me and my brother we we don't talk as much as we used to and but because of our childhood because of all the things we've gone through even though we're not talking as much that intimacy is still there i still have deep love for him Mm -hmm. that's my brother you know what i mean so it like i said that i think you can't necessarily have love without having some level of intimacy i think the the thing about love that makes it unique from all the other influences that we've discussed so far is I think that love is in our nature. It's already an aspect of us as living things with hearts. Like why are hearts associated with love? You know, it's a good question. It has to do with us being alive, beating, pulsing something on our mind, something on our heart. You know, we, we always associate it with the heart. You know, and in fact, for those who've been in love or have lost a loved one, you can actually feel that. Right in your chest. You feel it. You feel yeah. that. Uh, you don't need to be taught that. However, I think the problem and the challenge with love in the 21st century is that it becomes morphed and redefined, you know? So love being conflated with lust and sexuality and that I think is an oversimplification of the most complicated and most important feeling. Because I think as people with beating hearts, we should have more love. Like we need love across the board and we need more of it. Right. We need to show more love to people. We need to be more intimate with each other. Yes. Understand that intimacy is not just physical expression or sexual intimacy. It's the ability to share ideas. It's the ability to create things together. It's the ability to experience things with another individual. These things create bonds. Real love is hard. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the hardest. It might be one of the hardest things. It is. It's up there. It is. And learn to love yourself and be yourself. Because if you play in a game to score somebody, guess what? You're playing with a bad deck. But if you're you... And you mess up a few times, you'll eventually get to that person that loves you. Absolutely. Not who you're pretending to be, not the bouquet of flowers you got them, but you. You. Me? Or you? Us. Us. I love you. (laughs) I love you. Thank you for watching. Make sure you guys not only watch this episode, make sure you watch our previous episodes. We talk about many things from parents education, mental health, and make sure when you watch those videos, you like, subscribe, and comment for a chance to win a year of Unlimited Kindle. All the books at your fingertip. That's right. That's it. That's it. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And this is an act of love. Mama's Basement, a podcast for outcasts, was made possible with post-production support by Jacob Huss, intro and outro music by Charlie McCormick, marketing by Inderjeet Singh, with a special thank you to Narin Guyan. Every episode will also premiere on YouTube, so if you want to see us, check out our channel simply titled Mama's Basement. We'll be here every Sunday. This is a True Intent production shot in my mom's basement. Oh boy. See ya.